Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hey, good morning. A happy Wednesday. We're going to talk baseball today. Not a lot. And not like in-depth. 40-man rosters and non-rosters invites for spring training. We're not doing any of that. I say we go for it, Kyle. You just let's just dive go all, the way all day long. Let's, let's break down the draft. All right. The Cleveland Guardians get the number one overall pick despite having just a 2% chance in the lottery. I feel like I don't – I'm sure there's one. I don't ever remember that happening in the NBA where a, a good – like the Guardians aren't horrible. And they just get to jump up and have the number one pick. The time it happened was when the Orlando Magic went back-to-back mm. with number one overall picks. Yeah. When they drafted Shaq, and then the next year uh, could have drafted Chris Webber in 1993. I think it's the next year. Yeah, um, that sounds yeah. right. And then they trade the the number one pick and for the number three pick where they take Penny Hardaway, and they picked up three first-round picks from the Golden State Warriors in that transaction. So the big the big news in baseball or the big the big offseason kind of storyline, right? Yeah. Was Shohei Otani Otani or is Shohei Otani a free agent? He can sign wherever he wants. And so Shohei Otani's free agency, there's no update as of now on what he's doing or what he's going to do. And and frankly, he can wait um as long as he wants, A, because it's his free agency, and B because um there's no urgency to get something done on December 6th in baseball, but there's there's a few things I want to I want to approach with Shohei here because <clears throat> one he's such a unique player, and now he's a free agent, mm-hmm. and I feel like this pretty rarely happens in sports where you get like LeBron hitting free agency was like whoa, players of that magnitude of that caliber don't typically become free agents at least for real like they might hit free agency but. They're going back. Yeah, yeah. 
for for uh, yeah, most of the time that's what happens. The stars yeah. stay where stars, yeah. Yeah, and and maybe he winds up back with the Angels. But well, I don't I, I want to put a pin in the where is he going? Where should he go? Conversation we can pick that up later. Buster only wrote something in ESPN that spoke to me and and hit me I'm going to borrow a phrase from my my buddy Guru down there in 957. It hit me in the cardiac muscle. Oh. And not because not not in that I probably use that phrase incorrectly. It Buster only needs to relax. He needs to calm down. So he wrote this piece basically ripping Shohei Otani because Shohei and Shohei's team have wanted his free agency shrouded in secrecy to the point that there was uh, an interview he did where he was holding a dog. And so some people did some big J journalism and went, hey, we need to learn what the dog's name is. Mm. And so they hit Shohei and his people and nobody could get an answer on what the dog's name is. Not not to the point of like people weren't getting back. People were responding and going, "No, we're not gonna. We're gonna keep that information under wraps." Oh, just full blown oh. secrecy. And then Jeff Passan <laughs> from ESPN reported that that Shohei has his camp has told teams, "Hey, if his meeting with your team leaks, we're gonna hold that against you." And that's actually John Lynch did that with the 49ers when they wanted to hire him as GM. Because the Niners had all those leak problems with with Jed York specifically, but during the Trent Baalke era and the Jim Harbaugh, and there was all this all this leak, 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 leak. And John Lynch said, "I don't want none of that," which is why his hire was such a surprise. So Shohei has said the same thing, and Buster only hates it. He's so upset, Kyle. And I, he says it's hurting the sport. I get it a little bit because, but what this sounds like is is a reporter and maybe even a group of reporters who are just really frustrated that they're getting stonewalled. And there's nothing worse, like, I've been doing this a long time, there's nothing worse than feeling like you're on the outside looking in and you can't you can't break through some wall. Mm. And and then some in some years, that's the way it goes the entire offseason. Like, there's nothing worse than seeing breaking news and not being able to confirm it with your own team. And there's nothing worse than, like, having no idea that something might happen and then it gets sprung on you and it goes from, you know, it goes to someone else. Mm-hmm. That's really frustrating. It's also really frustrating when you have a story and you're sitting on it because you're trying to get confirmation. You're trying to be a good journalist. Right. And then someone else gets it. And whether they got the same information you did and just ran with it or they were able to get other confirmation, who knows? Well, but those things, like, it sticks in your craw a little bit. You get a little frustrated and, uh, you know, like, there are some explicits that are yelled Every once in a while. Well, and that's what's that's what's so funny about about this specifically is the meetings are still leaking. Yeah, but we we know for the most part what teams he has met with. Mm-hmm. It's the Giants, Cubs, uh, Blue Jays, the Angels, obviously. Like <clears throat> these, the Dodgers, because <laughs> Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, just came out and was like, "Yeah, we met with him. It's great." <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> there's this reporting that comes out that says, "Hey." Um, well, first of all, the, the Blue Jays general manager had to cancel his availability at winter meetings and instead had to do his availability with the press over zoom and did so in this like white room that gave no hints about where he was. And the reporting came out that like, Hey, the Blue Jays are meeting with Shohei. And so that reporting happens. And when the GM gets in front of reporters, reporters go, yeah, Hey, 
Heard you met with Shohei. How'd that go? He's like, no, nah, I'm not confirming that. I won't confirm that we met with him. Andrew Friedman, the Dodgers GM, after Dave Roberts, the manager, goes, yeah, we met with him. It was awesome. So a reporter said, hey, Dodgers GM, Dave Roberts said that you guys met with Shohei. What's up? And he went, no, nah, I can't confirm that. Like, bro, come on. Yeah. So I get the frustration <laughs> there, but it's funny. I don't think I don't think the assertion is it annoying. Like, yeah, a little, but I don't I don't think the assertion that this is hurting baseball in some way or is affecting the product is correct because people are still talking Shohei. People are still talking Juan Soto trade. People are still talking about all the big names. Now Shohei is the biggest domino, and once that domino falls, the the rest will follow. But it's not like nobody's discussing baseball. Nobody's discussing Shohei. It's just we don't we're not hearing from teams that he's met with them, which to me, even if let, let's 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 go to this world where where the Blue Jays GM gets to talk about it, where Shohei's team has not said, hey, keep this secret. GM comes out and the press goes, hey, did you meet with Shohei? And he goes, yep. Productive meeting. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're excited to see where it goes. Whatever he says, does the GM speak thing. That's what you're going to get. Kyle, I don't even know how why it's a big deal though, because it's still the topic of the discussion. If yes. if if we don't know where he's going, and and we're the secrecy of it, that's become the story, which is fine. It's replaced what you do know, yeah. and so yeah, so I'm totally fine with what's happening. Is it bad for baseball? No, maybe the mystery of this is good for baseball. Maybe the fact that nobody knows what's going to happen is good. You know, like we've had to deal a little bit with this with the Kings when it comes to draft picks. Okay. Like we have no idea who they're going to take. Like the the Monty McNair era, like when Davion Mitchell was drafted, no one knew that Davion Mitchell was going number nine. Nobody. Mm -hmm. Now the Tyrese Halliburton thing, like there was enough things out there that that he was trying to wiggle his way to Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and then you get to the Keegan Murray thing and, there was enough like little breadcrumbs here and there that mm-hmm. you knew who they who they liked, mm-hmm. but it's been really really quiet, and that's a good thing. That means that you're doing your job, that you're keeping things under wraps, and I don't understand how that becomes a a bad thing. It, I, I think I it's either. it's bad, and it's like it can be a little shady when like someone like myself has a story and goes to a team and says, "I have this." will you confirm? And they say, oh, hang on a sec, hang on a sec, hang on a sec, and two minutes later, Shams breaks it, and you just want to literally take a samurai sword to somebody. Brutal. So those things happen, Yeah. and you're just like, you look at someone in the eye and say, that's the last time. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to wait next time. I'm not going to like deal with you next time. Next time, I'm just going to go around you even further. And that's where, I think that this pushes the, uh, if you can't get it from the team, if you can't get information from a team, mm. then you have to find another source. Sure. And that's a dangerous thing for teams. It's a very no dangerous doubt. thing. If the no team doubt. wants me to start calling every agent and figuring out where they're going to go in free agency, and I'm not saying that the team should tell me what they're going to do in free agency, yeah. but if they want to skirt around, okay, game on. Yeah, it's not, it's not not telling you, it's... Not telling you because they want to go tell somebody else. Yes. And then that's trash. And then it becomes a problem because any information you get, it's always with one type of spin one way or another. 
and you never even know if the number's right. Like I can go back to the Rashawn Holmes uh, signing where mm-hmm. his agent told myself and I I assume Shams the same number, uh, four year, 55 million. Mm-hmm. And then we run with that number and then he doesn't get that. He gets a four year, 47. And the only way he gets 55 million is if he's traded twice because he has a 15% trade kicker. That's the only way he gets that much money. And people are like, well, why you knew that all they could do is the early bird clause. And mm-hmm. that's all they could sign him to. And it's like, no, they could have traded a player. They could have waived yeah. a player and freed up cap space and actually signed him to that deal. So I went, you go with someone on face value. But that's like the numbers might be a little skewed. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's I interesting just, stuff, man. Yeah. I, I just, I don't with, with, sh- <laughs> let's talk, Dame Lillard. Okay. Was the Dame Lillard trade thing good or bad for basketball? In the end, I think it was good. Right in the it kept but you, everybody but yeah, everybody relevant. knew everybody knew it was the heat, right? He didn't make it a secret. Yeah. It wasn't a secret. Everybody knew the heat. And then all of a sudden at the end the Bucks come in and they make the trade. I just don't know. I don't know that the discourse was any different or any better or worse. In fact, it was probably worse. If Damon said I want to trade, but there was no specific place he wanted to go. We're still talking about it. And in fact, it's probably more like, hey, what if it's the Knicks? What does that trade package look like? Oh, could he go to the, could it be the Warriors? What does that trade package look like? What is, and everybody is in on it. And I think that's kind of what you're getting with Shohei now. It's, hey, any team that, that spends money, any team that, let me, let me rephrase it. Any MLB tre- team that tries to win is all of a sudden in the conversation now. Yeah. Whether it's confirmed or not, there's that speculation that like, hey, maybe the Braves. Hey, maybe, okay, the Blue Jays. The Giants. Yeah. The fact that the Giants haven't been named as prominently makes me think that they're working in the shadows and they're going to wind up signing him. But we'll talk about that later on. <laughs> I just, I, I think, I think ultimately the Shohei Otani, Otani free agency has been fine. I don't think it's been outsized great. I don't think it's been bad. I think it has been a normal MLB free agent, big time MLB free agent. And why does he have to save baseball? <laughs> Why does it matter? He does it on the field already. Bro. Yeah, why he does. He's the most incredible player we've seen in the last right. like right. 50 years. The fact that baseball's in a space that it's so fragile that Shohei Otani being like, hey, I don't want this to be a circus. I'm just going to work behind the scenes here and eventually make my decision. That shouldn't break your sport. There should be other things going on. But he's the, the biggest and maybe the only like superstar nationwide that everybody knows in the sport. So, so when he's not at the forefront... They don't have anything. Making and that's what that's what this illustrates. Making the non-circus into the circus is hilarious. I love it. It's, I'm here for it. I, same. We're gonna keep talking about this coming up. We're gonna do a check-in with the Kings as they have now a couple days off before they take on the Phoenix Suns. We will talk about the NBA in-season tournament action that took place last night, and it turns out we have a second Jiffy Lube present to give away. Oh, there's another thing that's going with the PlayStation Fives that D'Lo and Casey will be giving away tomorrow at Sky River Casino, and that we will be giving away. All next week. We will tell you all about that next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. That's James. I'm Kyle. We're on ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Mike on. Here we go. Now, the Kings get eliminated from one in-season tournament, and we are jumping the shark 
with, <laughs> with the suggested lineup changes. Holy smokes. That's funny. Did YouTube.com slash ESPN 1320. Check out the chatty house. We got l- new starting fives for the Kings after their embarrassing elimination from the in-season tournament. New starting fives. <laughs> it's funny. Um, on the Kings Beat podcast, um, we actually had an entire... Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Yes, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Go to thekingsbeat.com, become a premium subscriber. Out of bed. Um, we, uh, we had this discussion on jumping the shark. And and a lot of people don't know what that where that comes from. So Sean and I have this bit where um, Brendan has never watched any movie and and has no historical understanding of television or film. So Same. we we have to stop and and actually have these conversations about what things like jumping the shark means. So and, and Kyle, oh, I, just, I know that one. That's Happy Days. It's Happy Days. Yeah, where uh, the Fawns? The Fawns La- wearing uh, some short blue shorts and a yellow. Uh, life preserver that just mm-hmm. it's just a ring around his belly right wearing his patent white t-shirt and leather jacket of course jumps a shark on a on a pair on of skis a, that's right he, yes. he hits a jump and jumps a shark that's right and it's when you know a show is is dying right it's jumping the shark when they jump the shark yeah yeah so anyway you <laughs> but you used it and we we had to explain this to Brendan, and then we had to explain what happy days was what oh my god dude really did my man not watch any television well, as a 10-year-old? He's very young. So no, I, Yeah, no doubt. But when you were watching Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network or whatever it was, like late night, Happy Days was on. Oh, yeah. It didn't matter. It, it, at 10.30 p.m., everything was Happy Days on every channel. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But Fawn's I, hitting the jukebox and making it weird. Yeah. Henry Winkler with the A. Hey, Come hey, on, man. Ron Howard? Hey. Dude, that's brutal, bro. <laughs> Come on, man. Amazing. Yes. I, did not, I did not use Jump the Shark wrong. No. Absolutely not. No. I, I didn't think you used it incorrectly. Yeah. ESPN1320.com uh, is the website. YouTube.com slash ESPN1320 is where you can watch the show. You can also watch D-Lo and Casey beginning at noon, and you can join the chatty house where people accuse me of misusing phrases that I didn't misuse. That's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Um, no, we're we're gonna we're gonna do a little Kings reset here in 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 a little bit and kind of take stock of where they're at after eighteen games. They get a couple of days off here. They face the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix on Friday. We know that because um, the Suns lost to the Lakers one hundred six one hundred three last night. So it's Kings at Suns on Friday. But we're gonna take a couple of days off to kind of reset, assess where the Kings are at right now where the direction they're heading by the end of the year and then kind of doing a big picture look at them since it's not it's not like oh they have a game tonight and this is what we're talking about game out last night's what we're talking about just a good opportunity to take a breath yeah and not try and put Sasha Vizankov and Trey Lyles and Malik Monk in the starting five yeah I I don't know why that would be a thing but (laughs) yeah I I mean I think people forget that the Kings are what 11 and 8 Mm-hmm. Like they're successful. They're, they're a successful basketball they're team. They are fine. They lost a game and it was a big game. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they did not look good. And it exposed a weakness in their roster construction. No doubt. But there's also 11, 11 other games where they have done that to other teams, where they have exposed weaknesses in some other team mm-hmm. and they have been better than them. 
Yeah. And so the goal is to win more than you lose. Yeah, they're fine for now, but again, we'll we'll yeah. we'll break that open later. I want to talk about the in season tournament. The Suns lost to the Lakers 106-103 last night. Uh, Austin Reeves, our guy, hit a big time three in that one. Um, After missing four other shots, like right there, boom, 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 boom. And then he also had a huge turnover late in the game with seven seconds left, and the Lakers leading by two and lost the ball, and the refs awarded the Lakers a timeout after he'd lost the ball. That's insane. Did you see the line by Devin Booker? No. Devin Booker said, we're not asking for favoritism. We're just asking, like, for it to be called straight up. Yeah. Like, just give us a shot. To, to be like to call it even yeah and that's like, i and and so I, i'm on i'm on i don't want this to become a big ref thing but because kevin durant said it after the game that was one play and we should have played better across 48 minutes yes and that's t- that's typically where i land on ref stuff the the 49ers there was the bad penalty on tayshawn gibson against against the browns remember mm-hmm. he had the the perfectly the hit. clean hit they call it a foul it extends the drive, and the and the Browns going to take the lead. Like, okay, that was one play. Was it a bad call? One hundred percent. But Jake Moody should have made his field goal. Brock Purdy should have played better in that one. Yes. the The defense should have gotten a stop. I, I mean, it's just there's there's a million other things that could have happened. We're like, yeah, the 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 bad call is a thing, but the Suns didn't play well enough last night early on to to win, and that's kind of what it came down to. Well, yeah, I. I but I do but, think that there were some officiating yes. malfeasance. Definitely. That doesn't excuse bad officiating. The officiating still needs to be good. Well, even I think Booker, like, he he was uh he had the ball on a somewhat of a transition and Cam Reddish just ran up and, and gave him a take foul that they should have given Devin Booker a free throw mm-hmm. and the ball. And the ball, yeah. And there's and he's sitting there asking for it. And they do nothing, and it's like, what are we doing here? It, it was didn't clear. Even, didn't didn't even review it. Yeah, and, and you go back to the Kings game. Was it last game or the one before? There was a bad take call. It was on Luca. It was called on Harrison Barnes uh, with Luca. Okay, there's that one, and then there was another one in like two days, two games later, where uh, I think Malik Monk fouled somebody, and they called a take foul. And they're mm-hmm. like, that's not a take foul. I'm right in front of the guy. Yes. Like, what oh, are we? Yeah. When was that? Yeah. Well, like, what are we doing here? I think oh, it was. Chatty house help. Yeah. Anyway, I just you felt like the refs wanted one team to go through, and I don't. I don't like feeling that way. And I also don't like walking into a game knowing that the officiating is not going to be up to snuff. Mm-hmm. And that's how I. That's brutal. We walked yeah. in to what was it Tuesday night's game? Like, oh no. Like, yeah. really? This is a crew? This yeah. is a crew you're rolling with for a big game. Big the, game. I, the irony is, the the irony is, is Scott Foster is the guy that everybody freaks out over, right? Oh, yeah. Scott Foster's a good ref, too. He's like, a good ref. He's just... He's a psychopath. It's just his way. He is a lunatic. Yes. Would not want to deal with him. He does yeah. not care. He will throw you out of a game. He does not care. Yeah. 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 Anyways, uh, has beef with Chris Paul. Apparently about Chris Paul's kid. And you did see that, right? That that Adam Silver story about that. Adam Silver actually on a podcast talked about that. Said they don't have to like each other; they just have to be professional. Well, they're not. Neither of them are. Neither of them are. Anyway, that's a a separate thing. Uh, The Bucks also blow out the Knicks, one forty six, one twenty two. Turns out, James, I'm ready to say this on the air. 
is to take I've developed, I've workshopped, and I've crafted. Giannis is good. <laughs> Giannis is good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very brave. He's also out and, and he's also a winner. Like, please applaud me. Here. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah it's, Giannis is good, and I think it's because I'm a winner. He is. Uh, he is big winners last night. Thirty-five, eight, and ten. Three steals for Giannis. Dame Dame Lillard also not bad. Twenty-eight points, seven assists. He went eight of thirteen from the field. Twenty-eight points on thirteen shots. Uh, eight of thirteen from the field. Five of seven from three. The Bucks pull out the Knicks. One forty-six, one twenty-two. So the semifinal in Vegas. Pacers, Bucks, Pelicans, Suns, and I am... No, Pelicans, Lakers. Pelicans, Lakers. I'm sorry. Whoops. Um, Pelicans, Lakers. And I'm fascinated by these two matchups for, like, basketball reasons, sure, but the there's some non-basketball stuff that I want to get to with this because I think it's really interesting, and I kind of think it's the best part of the in-season tournament so far. We'll talk about what that is next on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. That's James. I'm Kyle. And we also have a Christmas present to open up that we're going to be giving away. We'll do that next as well uh, on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Center. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I love the Pacers this year, man. I'm just all in. I would not bet on them to win on any night. Like, playing the Pistons, they they might lose to the Pistons. I don't know. They might. But also, <laughs> they might go beat the Celtics by 10. Like, I just, it's buckets and vibes, and that's what I'm here for, for the non, you know, contenders of the world. Yeah, it would, it. they're very similar right now to what the Kings were in the final year under Dave Yeager. Like, it's mm. possible that they could win more games, that they could be a playoff contender, but uh, teams like this, they typically run out of gas in the last 20 games of the season when the league shifts to playoff readiness basketball. Yeah. And teams actually start playing defense and focusing, and that's that's when teams that aren't built on, like, major substance mm-hmm. fall apart. So this actually dovetails really nicely with what I wanted to talk about as I was watching the in-season tournament mm-hmm. l- last night in particular because <clears throat> you had the Suns and Lakers. 
and then you have the Bucks. And those three teams are, to me, <clears throat> what you would call some version of a super team, right? Yeah. Where it's Dame forces his way out of Portland, Milwaukee picks him up, and now it's it's Giannis and Dame and then Chris Middleton. And then in with the Lakers, it's LeBron and AD, right? And then with the Suns, it's Booker and Durant and, and Brad Beal, if Brad Beal ever plays. So there's that super team aspect. But then, like... As I'm watching them, I'm going, man. Maybe it's maybe it's just because LeBron is is older. He's he turns 39 later this month, and Anthony Davis is a question mark as to whether he's going to be on the court. And Kevin Durant's 35, and the injury issues up and down their big three are 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 vast. And then the Bucks, it's Dame and Giannis, and okay, that's a that's a dynamite duo. But can they play enough defense to win in the playoffs? Like there's these questions, right? Mm-hmm. The super team doesn't feel as inevitable as it used to. Where with the Heat, it was like, hey, the Heat are going to the finals. And then with the Warriors with Kevin Durant, it was, hey, the Warriors are going to the finals. No. Whereas this year, like I wouldn't call, to me, and my definition of a super team is not like the Celtics. The Celtics drafted. Mm-hmm. That's that's how they got the Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and then they add Drew Holiday. Um, and Chris Tapps. And Chris Tapps, Porzingis. But again, yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not calling them like the no i'm with you okay so the kings uh the nuggets the um pacers Mm -hmm. there's the the pelicans even like there's there's all these teams that are that are really oklahoma city the even the timberwolves Timberwolves, for the most part yeah Yeah. they're not i wouldn't classify them as like they're very good they're awesome but all these are like guys they drafted and picked up and then they're adding around them to me, the super team just feels so old. Like it feels so so dated. dated. Yeah, yeah and yeah. It, it doesn't feel like conducive to winning anymore. Teams are too talented. Teams are too good at team building. Where you can't just go, yeah, we have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Bradley Beal. We're just going to go win the title now, okay? And you have that for two, three years. That's your window. And then those guys are going to want to go somewhere else. I think it's interesting, Kyle, because what you're bringing up is you know really. One of the intriguing like flaws to the Lakers and why one of the advantages to the Kings, right? So when you when you're building a team and you have two pieces that you know you kind of know how what you need to put around them, right? Mm-hmm. So you have De'Aaron Fox. Let's just take the the two the two duos. You have De'Aaron Fox and you have Demonis Sabonis, and you have Anthony Davis and you have LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Like you should know what to put around those guys that that's like really basic basic roster building 101 which i think is where the the los angeles lakers have completely missed time and time again they don't know how to build around lebron which that doesn't make all you needed to do is put like seven shooters on the roster unbelievable different positions seven shooters that's right. it right. you don't need uh, another creator you don't need. You just need seven shooters. You don't even need a star. You just need a guy who can make thirty-eight percent of his threes. You need a bunch of three and D guys, guys who can fit in and and just like catch and shoot. He draws so much attention. Just catch and shoot. They need Harrison Barnes. Um. Okay. <laughs> but just, what no, they I, need? It's just, it, it's just funny. We talk about Harrison Barnes here, and it's like, yeah, he's a fifth option. You know, he's just kind of yeah, exactly. Like, so with the Lakers, he'd be great. Harrison. What they really need is Kevin Herter. 
What they really need is a Keegan Murray. What they really need is a Malik Monk, who they had. The problem that you have when you're the Lakers, though, is that their superstars are so highly paid where the Kings superstars are getting to the point where they're highly paid. Mm -hmm. Like we're seeing this report that De'Aaron Fox turned down a two-year extension during the summer, right? Because not because he doesn't want to be in Sacramento, because it's only a two-year, $100 million extension. That's the most the Kings could have given him. And it was, it was almost out of courtesy. Like, yeah. hey, we will offer you this. Well, if he waits, I think it's two more years, he can sign a four-year, $250 million extension, which is totally different. But see, the problem that you have is when you're the, if you're the Kings, you can go out and use a mid-level exception on mm-hmm. a guy like Malik Monk, pay him $10 million a year and have him be part of your family. Mm-hmm. You can even take it a, a big leap up when he, and, and sign him to early bird where he makes 17 and a half million a year. Mm-hmm. You're still okay. We're talking about a player who's going to make like 15, 16% of your salary cap, right? But that's because you have two guys that are making 30 million. Mm-hmm. When you have two guys that are making hundred million, well, they're making 50 million. And now you, your salary cap dries up so quickly. Right. And so the group of players that the Kings are sifting through, they're able to make a trade to go get a Kevin Herter, right? They were able to do that and to send out an expiring contract or whatever, and a future pick. Mm -hmm. They're able to bring in like a $17 million player. The Lakers don't have that ability. Yeah. So, right. They they don't, they don't have, and what the, what the Lakers end up doing is they've, they can make a trade, but their pieces to trade weren't good. Mm -hmm. So they get a Rui Hachimura, which is perfectly fine player, Mm -hmm. but Rui hasn't ever been part of a winning culture. Mm -hmm. They can go add a a three and D guy, but it's Cam Reddish. Mm -hmm. It's not Bruce Brown. Yeah. Right. They don't have the money to go get a Bruce Brown. They can add a piece like a, a shot blocking big and Jackson Hayes, but you know, is Jackson Hayes even as good as JaVale McGee? Probably not. They can add a, a Christian Wood, mm-hmm. but again, Christian Wood is, he's been a part of eight or nine teams, never been part of a winner. Yeah. Like these are the pieces that the Lakers have to bring in because they have $120 million stacked up on two players that are, that are aging. Yeah. So it's just like the roster creation aspect of it is really, really intriguing to me. That's why that's why I love that side. Like I like in another life, I would have loved to have been an NBA GM. Yeah. And I think I think, too, there's this. I think it started with Kevin Durant, where there became this shift in. In like wanting to go to a super team. Oh, yeah. Where he got dragged. For years, and honestly, still, I think that's going to affect his, you know, quote unquote, legacy forever. Yeah, I, I just, and now he's bounced to Brooklyn, and now Phoenix, and he's just, he's just been around. And I think that turned people off and players off to the idea of like, just hey, I haven't won here in four years. Okay, I'm going to force myself out and go elsewhere. Where now you get a guy like, even <laughs> this one's. Damian Lillard for a long time wasted his prime in in Portland, and now that he's thirty four, was like, "Get me out! I fine, get me out," and he wants to go. But you get a guy like De'Aaron Fox who's going, "Yeah, I'm going to be in Sacramento. I want to win in Sacramento." Mm-hmm. You have a guy like Demonis Sabonis who gets traded here and goes, "I want to win in Sacramento," and you start getting these players who are more attached to their the team that they get drafted by, Giannis. He wound yeah. up signing his extension. They helped him out and they got him, they got him to him and all that. But 
I just don't think that that teams want that players want necessarily to do the super team thing anymore. And yeah. so I, that's why I think LeBron is almost forty. <laughs> just crazy. <laughs> LeBron's almost forty. Anthony Davis is into his thirties now. Yeah. Kevin Durant is well into his thirties. Devin Booker was in in Phoenix. I think he's going to be in Phoenix his entire career. Bradley Beal is almost thirty. Is Bradley Beal thirty yet? He's right at thirty if he's not. Yeah, and he was in Washington, and and it was it was a mess, and he gets out of there. But I just don't think you're going to see, or or we're going to see these these young star players at any point just be like, yeah, I want out. I'm going to go build a super team now. I, that doesn't. I don't think that's that appealing because when you do it the way, since we're here, the Kings are doing it. You you open your window all of a sudden to a decade. Yeah, and that that to me has to be more appealing where you can set roots and you can set a foundation and you can build out team chemistry and you can give yourself this title window of of 8 10 12 15 years yeah versus yeah hey I'm going to do the Kevin Durant thing and I'm going to go I'm going to play there for 3 years in Golden State and then I'm going to go try a super team elsewhere oh that didn't work okay now I'm going to go try elsewhere it just seems miserable it does but I also think that they become mercenaries yeah. They become mercenaries and and they do lose some of the luster. Yeah. Like Kevin Durant's still an incredible player, but he just it's his legacy. Really good last night. Yeah, his legacy is is always going to be tied to the fact that he joined um mm-hmm. a a phenomenal championship yeah. team to go win a couple of rings. And and I don't again, like I I don't want to begrudge him because I was around him. Like mm-hmm. I was there for uh, when the Warriors came back from three one against them in the in the Oklahoma City Oklahoma City uh, and beat them twenty sixteen conference final yeah yeah so I was there and I and I had a conversation with him I've I've talked about this on air um, I had asked Russ Westbrook a, a question and I'd asked them both it was the last question after I think game six I said mm-hmm. is it possible that you guys have forgotten to involve other people like the last Which two the last two games that those no, the last three games, those players had combined for fifty nine shots. Go if you go back and watch those games, because the game six, the the Clay Thompson game, will replay on NBA TV once a month or whatever yeah. it is. And you go watch; it's whoever gets the rebound out of the two of them dribbles it up and took a shot. That's just that was their offense. Yeah, that's a valid question. It was a valid question, and uh, Russ looked at me, and then he looked at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant gave me an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Russ walked out of the media room staring at me the entire way, like stared me down all the way out of the room. And I'm like, whatever. So I walked outside and, uh, of the media room and Kevin Durant was standing, talking to our friend, Sam Amick mm-hmm. and they got done. And I walked over to Kevin. I'm like, Hey, I wasn't trying to start anything with you there. I, I just, I was intrigued by like looking at the stats mm-hmm. and he goes, He's like, it's it. He said the same thing. It's a valid question. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I'll tell you, the second that I got drafted here, they want me taking every single shot. Every single time I touch the mm-hmm. ball, they want me to take a shot. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and it's really hard because like we win or lose on what happens right there. Right. Yeah. And, and he, he's just kind of looking at me. And, and that, at that moment, I'm like, oh, this dude's not coming back. Like that's what he, that's not what he wants. You can yeah. tell in his soul right. that it hurt him yeah. that all of their team success, all of the city success, mm-hmm. everything about the Oklahoma City Thunder depended on whether or not he hit his shots. 
Yeah. And it's a it's a tough thing to bear. Yeah. And so when he goes to Golden State, I didn't begrudge him that because it's like, look, he wants to play be part of a team. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just want to be Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Right. He wants to be part of a fully functioning team. Yeah. And he was. And they won. And yeah. they were great. So I'm sure I'm sure at some point in a decade or however long it is, you'll we'll see because one team can win a title, right? Like it's not there's not gonna be oh hey, every good young player in the league right now, and there are a ton of them. Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, Shea Gildas Alexander, Jason Tatum, still nineteen years old. Uh <laughs> yeah. Um you, there's there's all these really good young players. Luca uh, De- Devin Booker, they're not all going to win championships. That's just not they're they're not all. Gonna, so if in eight years Shea Gilgis Alexander and uh, Luca and uh, Victor Wembanyama all team up on the Spurs, I don't know. I'm just p- pick three names. Okay, and they all team up and they they form this suit and they win. Okay, then maybe maybe it's back. But for right now, it feels like to me when you watch those teams, like man, this is just a bunch of old dudes trying to get a ring before they're done or get another ring. I should say another ring before they're done. Yeah. I would way rather be like, and, and that's what the the semifinal of the, of the conference of the in season tournament is Pacers and Bucks. It's like, am I taking the Bucks this year and probably next year? Yeah. But over the next five, I, I'd probably rather be the Pacers. Maybe. I, I it's same thing in, in, in the West. It's Lakers and and Pelicans. Like God, over the next this year, next year, okay, but over the next five, I yeah. I'm taking the and then you look at in and you look in the West. I'm taking the Kings in the next five. I'm taking the Nuggets over the next five, and it the you're probably betting on Luca and Dallas, probably over even the Minnesota, Lakers. Minnesota for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, so and I just I was. As I was watching that last night, it was like, man, the goal, because the goal for so long in the NBA from the time LeBron went to Miami through probably what Kevin Durant leaving the Warriors, the goal in that time frame was like, was like, how do we get, if you're a star in a small market or on a losing team, how do you get out to pair with another star in a bigger market and win? And it just doesn't feel like that's the case anymore. No, I, I totally agree. Like it, if I'm, you know, there are a couple of, like situations where you could still see it. Like, mm-hmm. like I think that De'Aaron Fox and Bam Adebayo will always want to play together. There's mm-hmm. always like, they would love to get back together as a team mm-hmm. and yeah. play together. Right. But I don't know that Bam's ever going to want to give up South beach and De'Aaron rock, uh, De'Aaron Fox has put down like, like super deep roots in Sacramento. Also doesn't seem like a Miami guy. No. No, so like, how do you how do you figure that one out? Yeah, right. Yeah, and, and, and I don't okay, know if it will. Yeah, so I don't know if it would ever happen. Yeah, but I, I definitely, you know, you could see like Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox saying, "Hey, Bam, you know, why don't you come play power forward next to uh, next to Demonis Sabonis?" <sighs> like, yo. Well, I mean, the problem is that 2017 <laughs> NBA draft, the Kings should have just drafted Bam, and sure. they would have had that combo. Yeah. And that well, combo and would have been one of the top three combos in the in the NBA for a long time, and they would have, you know. Two things I want to get to on this. One, I misspoke. I'm not a hundred percent sure I would take the Pacers over the Bucks over yeah. the next five years because Giannis is still what 27. No, like, he's older than 28. 
Yeah. Like he's he's still in his prime. So that I might have misspoke there. But the other thing is with the way the new salary cap is going to be, teams aren't going to be able to just willy-nilly just sign stars. In fact, the only reason the Warriors did the Kevin Durant thing or were able to do the Kevin Durant thing is because of Steph Curry's contract. Yeah. Hey, it's a uh, happy birthday to Giannis Antetokounmpo. It is oh, his wow. birthday today. Hey, yeah, congratulations. And hey, he is a winner. Say? Do you know what we say? I'm a winner. Yeah, I'm congratulations. A winner. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 28? He's 29 today. 29 big ones. Oh, my God, is he really? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Hey, you know what shook me yesterday? Uh, we're going to talk about the 49ers and Logan Ryan and, and their team-building deficiencies here in a minute. But... <laughs> But Logan Ryan, I feel like, has been in football forever. Yeah. Like, I've been I've been talking about and thinking about and knowing about Logan Ryan for what feels like my entire life, right? <laughs> he signs at the Niners yesterday. And I'm like, wow, why are they signing a super old Logan Ryan? Logan Ryan, younger than me. Oh. And has been in the league since 2013. 2013, like, I graduated college that NFL season the June before that NFL season. And Logan Ryan has just had a whole ass career in the time <laughs> since I graduated. Co- that got me yesterday. That really hit me hard. That you know, really hit me hard. I, that's funny. I so got Giannis being 29. I got into a discussion about this too, about how, you know, a normal person, I was, I was having a conversation on the court at, at golden one center. And I'm not going to say with who, but he said, you know, a normal person uh, gets you to college, they struggle through their 20s, they get into their 30s, their mid-30s, and then next thing you know, they've got like 30 years of making good money, mm-hmm. right? Where you're stable and, and you maybe buy a house and you do yeah. like the normal things. You have kids, you you own cars, all these things, right? And the point that he was making, the person I was talking to, was it that's just not a professional athlete's life. They start when they're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, right? Mm-hmm. And then they only have like a 10-year window. The average lifespan of an NBA player like in the league is four years. Mm-hmm. NFL, well, it might be six years in the NBA, four years in the NFL. NFL is like two to three years. Yeah, it's like super short. Mm-hmm. And these guys have put all of their, their eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't work out, even if it does work out, and you make, let's say you make 100 million bucks, 100 million bucks and then take away taxes. So now you're at 55 million. And then you squander a bunch of it because you're young and you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you get to your retirement age and maybe you got eight or 10 million, but you don't have another career lined up. Yeah. That, that's kind of it. And now that yeah. money has to last you like another 50 plus years. Yeah. And you got to figure out a way to not be the guy walking around with like, you know, like literally 50 carats of diamonds hanging on you in some fashion. Dude, that's why when, remember when Greg Olson was doing TV broadcasting stuff while he was playing? Mm-hmm. Like during the playoffs, he would he would go in and broadcast or during their bye week, he would go broadcast a game. Oh, yeah. And there was this big hullabaloo about it. It's like every player should be doing this. Yeah. Every single player should be like, hey, if the if they are interested in doing media, maybe they're like, I don't want to talk and fine. But if you're interested at all in that, just during your off season, find out where you can get in. Hey, every single time, if you're De'Aaron Fox and you go down for five games with an ankle injury, mm-hmm. get in the booth. Get on the Kings broadcast. Get on the broadcast. Do pre and post. Uh, well, do do pregame. Mm-hmm. Uh, do 
like on the go on the broadcast and and, yeah. and like guest host for a quarter. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense not to do that. Totally, and Just I get would, comfortable with a microphone. I'd say the same thing. Trey Lyles, brilliant dude, uh-huh. absolutely a joy to talk to. He was out thirteen games. Should have been doing it the whole time. Yeah, should have been. If doing they want it. to, and if they don't want to, then then so be it. Well, but. yeah, but that's that's your next career. That's what's it feels like next a layup for you. of a career for sure. It does. Yeah. Um, you want to open this Jiffy Lube package real quick? Oh, let's we, do this, Kyle. Finish up the first hour. So Jiffy Lube dropped off. If you're watching on the stream, you'll see the PS5 behind James. If you're not watching on the stream, there's a PS5 behind James. It's a delivery from Jiffy Lube. Five PS5. We have five, five of them, and we are giving them away next week. They will be pre-wrapped for you, so you either get to open a Christmas present for yourself, or if you're going to give that to somebody, maybe a friend, family member, child, whatever it is. Uh, it will be pre-wrapped for you, so you don't have to go through through that whole hassle. By the way, I'm awesome at wrapping gifts. If anybody needs some gifts wrapped, let me know. Um, I, too, have that skill, Kyle. Yeah, of course. I yeah, that, that tracks. You seem like a guy who would be good at wrapping presents. Um, it turns out our uh, promotion staff also does a terrific job wrapping presents, and this is courtesy of Jiffy Lube. You know, I can't imagine what it is um, for giving away PlayStation 5s, and then this is what it looks like. It might be uh, a, a movie imagine. that Kyle has never watched. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> it possible it's so a movie that both any movie. <laughs> Kyle and Brendan have never watched. <laughs> um, so here's so here's the deal. Um, whatever this is, Jay, uh, D'Lo and Casey will be giving it along with a PS5 away tomorrow at at Sky River Casino. Ooh. They're going to be out there noon to four. So get out there, hang out. It's always a great time, legit. It's such a blast. I'm going to do my best to try and sneak out there for a little bit, um, but they're going to be giving away a PS5 and... Oh, what do we got? Unwrapping, unwrapping. Yo. Oh, hey, It's yeah. not a movie I haven't seen. It is a copy of NBA 2K24 to go along with your PS5. So you will be getting a PlayStation 5. You will be getting a copy of NBA 2K4. Ooh. 24, not 2K4. That'd be so funny. Is that Carmelo yeah. on the cover? Um, <laughs> no, NBA 2K24, uh, along with your PS5, we will be giving those that pair, not individually, not separately, together. Together. You will call in and win a PS5 along with a copy of NBA 2K24. We will be doing that all next week, courtesy of Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube, uh, Wants everybody to have a very Merry Christmas, so we are giving away these five PS5s along with copies of NBA 2K24. D'Lo and Casey will kick that off tomorrow at Sky River Casino, copy of NBA 2K24 along with a PS5. It's a Jiffy Lube Christmas. Jiffy Lube Christmas. Let's go. Yep. Shout out to our friends. Do you have a drop? Yeah, I just played it. No, the other drop. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I told. Okay, so I'm watching this movie. It's called Love Hard. Uh, it's a Christmas movie on Netflix. It's a Love Actually and Die Hard. Thanks together. for clarifying. Um, yeah, no, it's a it's a thing in the movie. Jimmy O. Yang, incredible movie. Uh, incredible for a Christmas movie. It's not going to win an Oscar, but for a cheesy Christmas movie, it's great. He says this line in in the movie. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Jiffy Lube is what I'm calling it. Yeah. Jiffy, Jiffy Lube, Lube is, is what, what I'm, I'm calling it. it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, I, I turned around. I go. Text me the time of the paused it to get the time. I was like, text me that time. I'm gonna cut it tomorrow. Oh, amazing! And so I did that today. So this is uh, this is a giveaway from uh, Jiffy Lou. Is what I'm calling it. Mm-hmm. 
That's right. Shout out to our friends at Jiffy Lube. Oh, spectacular. Right. We're going to take a break. Are the 49ers bad at team building, actually? I think they might be. Uh-oh. We'll talk about why next on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Center. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to hour number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. I got so distracted by PS5s and NBA 2K24, which we will be giving away along with the PlayStation 5 all next week, right here on the Insiders, courtesy of the homies over at Jiffy Lube. That's right. Love which you. you now have a Jiffy Lube hat on. Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, makeshift. Oh, it's falling. Jiffy Loop is what I'm calling it. Yeah. Jiffy Loop is what I'm calling it. It's not going to work out. I'm going to need more tape, but I love this setup for me. Uh, I'm wearing a Jiffy Loop sound on my hat, for those of you <laughs> listening on the radio or on the Odyssey app. So I don't, I, I not to be dramatic, and I'm going to shift gears away from the NBA here for, for just a moment. The 49ers made a roster move yesterday that is not going to affect, they're not, I don't, their chances of winning the Super Bowl are not different. Nope. They're still the best team in football. They are still one of, if not the Super Bowl favorite, et cetera, et cetera. But they they added veteran defensive back Logan Ryan yesterday. Logan Ryan was a Patriots draft pick back in 2013. He played cornerback for them. Then he signed with the Titans. He played cornerback for the Titans. And then... That was, he was with the Patriots for four years, Titans for three years, and then spent two years with the Giants and a year with the Buccaneers. He was with the Bucs last year. And in those last three seasons, he moved to safety. The 49ers have had injuries at safety. Logan Ryan is a veteran who has played in a lot of big games and he's available. He's probably going to sit on the bench and only come in if one of Jair Brown or Tayshawn Gibson gets hurt or there's some garbage time. So when he gets signed, it's like, okay, that makes sense. They don't have any other safeties on the roster. They need some depth. He's a veteran. Cool. To make room for him on the roster, though, they released second-year former third-round pick running back Ty Davis-Price. Ty Davis-Price, in seven games with the 49ers across two seasons, had 40 carries for 120 yards. He didn't score a touchdown. And missing on a third-round pick is not the end of the world. It's just that the Niners did it on running backs back-to-back years. Missing on third round picks every year is a big deal, though. Yeah, right. They they I mean, hit. They got Fred Warner in 2018. Okay, home run. Like couldn't have more of a home run third round pick. But then, uh, since it's like Jalen Hurd is in there, like Akella Witherspoon was fine. Sacramento legend. 
But Trey Sermon played one season with the team, was inactive for, for half the games, and then got cut before his second season started. Ty Davis-Price gets cut after one year. And the problem for me is, A, the fact that the 49ers continued reaching for running backs when they had so much success with undrafted guys and late-round picks. That, that is by itself. But when you start to look at it, and the reason I say that, that this, this kind of stuff is why they could be in trouble down the road, is you need to you need to have a stockpile of players ready for when Trent Williams eventually retires and when they have to let go of George Kittle or Eric Armstead or they have to let Talanoa Hufanga walk in free agency or whatever. What When you need to figure out your offensive line, you need to have these players ready to go. And I go back to 2014. Remember how disastrous the 2014 season was for the Niners? Mm-hmm. I think that was in large part because their 2012 draft got them nothing. They got basically nothing in the 2012 draft. And when two years down the road, when you're looking to restock your roster and you have nothing from a draft, it becomes harder to build a roster. So that's where this third round pick thing becomes a problem for me and why why this is a big deal. Like I said, it doesn't change the fact that they could win the Super Bowl this year. But that Ty Davis price pick could have gone to an offensive lineman. That's the problem that I have, Kyle. It could have gone to a corner, a defensive end. It could have, There are so many places that they've had to build out their roster in other ways and spend money that they didn't need to spend because they were too busy trying to get a running back or get, pick a position. This could be any position, but they, specifically with the Niners, it's running backs. They drafted a player at a position where they had so much success drafting way later or grabbing undrafted players. Yeah, so the problem that I have too is like look, I think the running back position has been devalued. So there are no there are no longer like eight running backs taken in the first round. Yeah. So that means that really good running backs are staggered throughout the second and third round where they weren't in like say eight years ago, mm-hmm. right? Ten years ago. They you couldn't get a star level running back in the third round. And I feel like that the Niners keep like just taking a stab and they neglect the one area, even before you and I had a show together, Mm -hmm. I, I was, I I would fill in for D'Lo and Casey. You and I have been on the air together a couple of times. Every time we talked Niners, I brought up the same thing. When are they going to address the offensive line? How can they address the offensive line? What are they going to do about the offensive line? Mm -hmm. Because to me, it's always been the weakest point of this team. Mm -hmm. And to not have a a succession plan is just like failing to plan is planning to fail. Mm -hmm. Like, where is your plan? You don't have one. And you keep squandering picks on guys like this. Not only you trade for Christian McCaffrey and you give up more picks that's it where you could have got one of these players but and I'm not saying don't trade for Christian McCaffrey but what I am saying is that if you're gonna if you can go get that star player if you can go get a star level wide receiver for two second round picks or a second and a third or a late first because you're a great team and Mm -hmm. a second round pick okay that's fine but that means that all of your other picks need to not be used on specialty positions. They need to be used on straight up, really, really good, solid, middle of the road. And, and it's kind of like, I was having this conversation with my buddy. You, you and I talk about fantasy football all the time, mm-hmm. right? Like my brother and has played in my leagues forever. And he, he always is almost one of the top leaders in total points every year, and he doesn't make the playoffs. 
And it's because all he does is boon or bust players. He doesn't mm. he doesn't go draft four other players that you know are gonna get you eighty yards, right. maybe a touchdown. You know, the old Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott, you don't really want to start every week, but if you start start Mike Allstott every week, he's gonna get you eight points because he's gonna get a touchdown. Mm. So if you have like a baseline of a bunch of solid players to support like three or four huge boomer yeah. bus players, that's fine. Right. But if you don't do that work, you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. So you can score a bunch of points one week and then nothing the next. Yeah. That's not the way to build. And it feels like that's what the Niners do with this with their specialty positions. They they waste they squander picks mm-hmm. as opposed to drafting really, really safe home runs that will be in your starting lineup for p- potentially a decade. Yeah, and that's what that's what was so weird about Trey Sermon and Ty Davis Price is I think that's what they were trying to do is like, oh, this guy is just going to be plug and play. He's going to be a thousand yard guy and we'll just be good to go. And just neither of them could do that. So maybe they're just bad at scouting running backs. Maybe they're bad at trying to scout that level of talent in running back and they're better at it in the later rounds where they're not. That's been my theory with the 49ers forever is that the reason they're so much better in the later rounds is is they don't try and look at upside and they don't try and project out. They just go, hey, George Kittle can play some damn football. Let's get him in the building and see what happens. Fred Warner can play some damn football. Let's get him in the building and see what happens. There's, there's that, that Elijah Mitchell can play. You know, you get it. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't believe that this is a huge issue this year. It may not even be a huge issue next year, but it's definitely one of the, biggest flaws with the 49ers and there aren't there aren't many with their team building right they have the best roster in football mm-hmm. i'm gonna i don't want that to they have one of the two or three best rosters in football yes and they they no matter what anybody wants to say they fell backwards into brock purdy like they they drafted brock purdy to be their practice squad quarterback last year yes and it turns out that he's the best quarterback that they've had under kyle shanahan and maybe the best quarterback they've had since steve young they they almost didn't draft him and just tried to sign him as a free agent. Right, which then yes. opens him up to signing anywhere. So they wind up u- using the last pick of the draft on him. They got, they got. I don't want to say got lucky because they they could have drafted somebody else. They could have drafted. They they said, hey, we're going to take a quarterback. That's a quarterback we're going to take. Okay, so d- good job there. But that's not something like that's not a sustainable thing. That's a thing that happened where you go, oh wow, that was lucky. And you start to project out over the next couple of years when things start to get really expensive and the players that they're going to lose and the draft picks that you wish you had or the players you wish you had or you look at their roster this year and you go, man, in a playoff game, I don't know how much I love their offensive line against Philly. Yeah. You're going to look at Trey Sermon and you're going to look at Ty Davis Price and you're going to go, hmm, I wonder who those players could have been instead of a running back at that spot. And that's, again, why when we were at the deadline. Mm Mm-hmm. Why didn't you take a pick and go get a player that you know who he is for a pick? That's the team you are now. Yeah. I'd also to like to end this discussion before we go to break. You, they later in the third round they drafted Danny Gray, mm-hmm. who will be the next one to get cut. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, that's you just can't throw away third round picks, especially when starters. You know, like yeah. long term tackle and guard starters, yeah. safety tackles, DB starters go with the next 15 picks mm. stuff really tough um we could talk about this all day i see a bunch of stuff in the chatty house that is that is um really good conversation 
We're going to put a pin in this, though, and we will talk Niners team building plenty on this show. I, I, I promise. I'm, it's something I, one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, Shohei Otani free agency. It's something we talked about at the top of the show, but I want to get, I want to dive a little bit further. I want to get away from the like whole secrecy thing and how it's being covered. And I just want to talk about Shohei and where he's going to go. Yeah. Because I love baseball and Shohei is a fascinating, fascinating player. How much is he going to get? Where's he going to land? Is he going to be in San Francisco? Who knows? We're going to find out next. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Leader. Back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, we're back in here. Shout out to Jiffy Lube, man. PS5 to give away next week. Copy of NBA 2K24 coming with that PS5. We're not totally sure how the giveaway is going to go, so D'Lo and Casey are going to test it out for us tomorrow. Oh. They're going on to Sky River. And I said, D'Lo, Casey, say, come here. They sat down with James and I, and we said, hey, you take a PS5 and a copy of 2K24, and you let you give it away to your listeners. Oh. Let's see how it goes. That's how nice we are. Damien's trying to sell this, this narrative. He's trying to sell this, this story, this fib, this lie, this fiction, that he's going to just steal one and take it to give it. No, 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 no. That was bequeathed unto him from the insiders. Yeah, Jiffy Luber, it, they're our people. Yeah. Those are our people. <laughs> those are those are our homies. <laughs> uh, yeah. D'Lo and Casey at Sky River tomorrow from noon to four out there in Elk Grove. Uh, definitely pull up. I believe they're going to be at Blue Thirty Two. Really, really cool spot. Good drinks, good bar, really good food, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just a party, man. It's it's the most fun radio show I've ever been a part of. So uh, I, I highly recommend pulling up to that if you can take time out of your lunch break. Maybe take a day off. Maybe you're working from home and, and want to head over there and and call it a work meeting. I'm sure the deal in Casey would have no problem uh, signing off on a note that, that calls their show tomorrow a work meeting for you uh, out of out at uh, Sky River Casino. All right. Shohei Otani, we talked about it earlier, and Buster Olney's all mad that Shohei is making his free agency a secret, and he doesn't if teams won't confirm who he's meeting with and this and that, but we know in general what teams are involved. Where would you like to see him go? Hmm. Because where I want to see him go and where I think he's going to go, where I think he's going to go has changed a little bit, Okay, but they're different for now. Okay, so I am a renowned San Francisco Giants hater. Like, I, I have never, ever, like... Renowned. <laughs> Held, I've won awards. I, I have never, <laughs> I have never like held punches. I, I do not like the the San Francisco Giants. Like if you talk baseball with me, you'd know that very quickly. Um, I'm a huge baseball fan. I always have been. Um, I grew up in an era where, like, like Candy Maldonado and I don't know, Jeff the Hackman, Leonard, and mm-hmm. you know, like some some players that just like. I didn't love Will Clark, and I know that's sacrilegious to Giants fans. I like I didn't like Robbie Thompson, mm-hmm. um, Matt Williams. No, like I was not a fan of Kevin Mitchell bare hand catching a ball. That's an thought, unbelievable play. It's an unbelievable play. No, it's a bad play. He overran a ball and had to reach <laughs> back with his hand. <laughs> yeah, 
I, there's so you're, Brett you're, Butler. You are hating, hating. Right Brett now. Butler was out there with like a 24 inch glove, trying to rob home runs with like a cartoon character glove on his hand. Like this that is turning I, this into a roast of Ho, the 1980s. Jose Uribe, come on, man! Oh, now like we're into the 2000s. Like, there we go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like I, all of it. I, I'm just like, hey, I, I can't deal. I can't deal with the Giants. Standing on business. I still. He's a Giants type player, and I, I, he's the guy. Like what? I, I'm just saying, I, he is a that type of a player. Gi- he's good at baseball, and he's expensive. Yeah, How is that a Giants type player? I just feel like, like he makes sense going there, and I don't know why I say that, but I, I feel like he would do well there. Um, I, I think he would be embraced there. I think it would make the Giants better. I think the one thing, if you're uh, Shohei, you have to worry that you're never you're going to be the Angels forever. Like you're just going to the Giants, which doesn't have the other talent around you to go and win. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have a that's, Mike Trout, but the difference is the Giants still win, like most of the time. Yeah, that's a that that's the thing is is I, I say the Giants type player. It's you know I, I'd say that tongue in cheek. Any any t- he would he's making any team better right but i think you're yeah. right in that like farhan has been able to build semi-competitive to very competitive teams in the 107 win season with i mean scraps yeah like piecing the thing together iron man in a cave with scraps like that's <laughs> is that iron man iron man one right it's yeah that one jeff yeah. bridges um but anyways uh so I, I I think that if he goes to the Giants, I think you're going to see a pretty dramatic turnaround. A, you'll see an uptick in attendance. People are going to want to see show. Hey, bro, I went to an Angels game this year. The Angels were trash. Like Mike Trout was hurt already. This is late in the season. That that place was packed. Everybody's got Shohei jerseys on. He struck out in the ninth. Struck out or or grounded out. Whatever he did, he he was the first out in the ninth inning. Everybody got up and left. Everybody was there to watch Shohei's last at bat and then everybody was out of so you'd get the people coming in right so you're getting butts in the seats but then that that allows Farhan to something to build around and you have Shohei in the middle of your lineup and presumably in 2025 at the top of your rotation because he's I guess he's not going to pitch this year because of Tommy John surgery so you you have him in your lineup and now all of a sudden you're building around him and oh look the Giants are suddenly winning you know 88 90 games just by virtue of having so i get that for me i want to see him in toronto so bad hmm. i want to see him with boba Bichette. i want to see him with vlad guerrero jr the atmosphere up there is already bonkers plus he's in the al east so you get a, a new team in the al east dominating who's not the red sox and who's not the yankees and big shout out to the rays for for constantly being competitive but i i don't i don't um I don't know how much I believe in the Rays team building long term. I want to see him in Toronto in those uniforms. He would look dope. It's great for the sport that you have the biggest international star in the sport playing up in, in Toronto. Is that good I'm for the sport? For yeah. I don't know I if think that it is. I don't think it's I think it is. to have the, the biggest here it is. in Canada, not, not playing in the, con- uh, I don't know. I think it's fine. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is super popular and he plays in Canada. So it's Boba Jr. Well, yeah, but I don't want to go... Boba Jr. It's Boba Shett. 
Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to see him go to the Yankees and even the Dodgers. Like, eh. That's my whole thing. Is like, eh. I, I personally, I would be fine with him in San Francisco because I could go watch. Like, I'm going to ten Giants games a year just to watch Shohei, right? Well, that, but it wouldn't be buying a championship. It'd be buying a a building block sure, to build sure, sure. around yeah. where if like it's the Yankees or the Giants, I mean, the Yankees or the Dodgers, they've already spent so much money that it just feels like they're just even, buying. I don't even think the Yankees are in. I, I don't I think so either. Just, so, but yeah, the Dodgers, that would be annoying. I don't want him to go to the Dodgers. Yeah. I also don't want him going back to the Angels. It would be like, shout out to you for trying to stay with the team and letting them, but the Angels, you get no more chances, bro. You've had a decade of Mike Trout and half a decade of Shohei, and you have one playoff series and zero playoff wins to show for it? Yeah. I'm tough. out. I don't want them going back there. What about and Rangers? And I hate the Angels. And I hate the Angels. Yes. I, I want I That's agree. the team I like the least. <laughs> I don't want him in there. I don't want him playing for him and then messing up his career. I'm out. I'm surprised Seattle hasn't been a little bit more of a player in this. Is Seattle's... <laughs> Seattle... Like is it, I I think that they paid, um, oh my god. They're uh, Julio Rodriguez. They paid him, and they're done. Like mm. there's like here's your star. Like they already traded Jared Kelnick. Like that's he was supposed to be like the next big thing. He's still only 24 under team control for five years. Like nope, we're getting rid of him. Yeah. I just don't. I don't think the Mariners are super interested in spending six hundred million dollars on a baseball player. Six hundred million dollars. That sounds like what the number's going to be. I think that if I'm, I'm honestly, I've, I've said this. I, I think if his elbow wasn't an issue, it, it, there's a possibility he could have got a billion. I, I don't think he's getting a billy, but I don't know. I don't. I, I, th- I, I always thought that half a billion was probably like the jumping off point. Yeah. And then it was just a matter of how high a team was willing to go. And I think given all the teams that are in this and all the money that's flying around between those teams, 600 sounds right, which is a crazy number. That's wild. $600 million. Yeah, but look what you're getting. You're getting, I mean, he just, I, when he's on, like just home run, home run, home run, home run. Yeah, I mean, he's, it, he's a, he is one of the five best hitters in baseball and one of the 10 best pitchers in baseball. Yeah. Like He's amazing. I mean, a really amazing. It's bonkers. I <laughs> I made the comparison on on Twitter one time. I, somebody said, "Is is such and such player the Shohei Otani of the NFL, or who is the Shohei Otani of the NFL?" And I'm like, the player doesn't exist. No. And I was like, that would be like if you had Patrick Mahomes also rushing the passer like Nick Bosa. Yes. <laughs> and a bunch of people jumped in my mentions on Twitter, going, "It's not like that at all. It would be more like if it was Justin Herbert." And Khalil Mack. Like, okay. <laughs> like, it'd be more like Josh Allen and Miles Garrett. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Sure. sure. As if but that's still not unbelievable. Go ahead and pick your, your two <laughs> right. great players. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, I, I don't want him to go to the Dodgers. That's the team I don't want him to go to. Yeah, me and, neither. And right now, I actually think, I think the Blue Jays are my, my front runner for a team that I think he is going to. Okay. I have the Giants too, though. Mm-hmm. The Giants, the Giants' silence through this whole thing—it's speaking loudly to me. Well, it's because every other time they're noisy and they come up with nothing. <laughs> I know that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Look how noisy they were to come up with absolutely nothing. All right, the Kings don't play until Friday, so we're going to do a little 18-game check-in. Where are they at now? Where are they heading? And um, 
that's what's coming up next. All right. I thought I had more, but I got nothing for you. Let's Little do it. Talk. That's what we're diving into on the Insiders. ESPN 1320, Sacramento Sports Center. Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Well, I'm flustered. I pushed all the wrong buttons right there. That was tough. Tough for, you, for it's my like, guy. It's like, you know when you're writing, and I know I did, I know I'm, if you haven't run into this, I'm going to yeah, be upset. You ever, like, not pay attention while you're writing, and you start your fingers on the wrong keys? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you start typing and you're doing, maybe you're looking at stats or you're talking to somebody and then you look down and you've just typed gibberish for 12 words. Well, it's also, it's weird because sometimes you'll do that and you'll realize that so many words are really close to each other, just slid over like one set of keys. And so all of a sudden there are a bunch of words, but you're like, those aren't the words I was looking at. <laughs> you're like, I I didn't mean to write that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, man. That's basically what just happened on the board Uh-oh. when I went to go turn on the right programs and stuff. So the, the Chatty House, our YouTube feed, got uh, got a little bit of Blow the Whistle by Too Short, which is our rejoin song. Oh, right? you're welcome. All right. You're welcome. All right. The Kings get a couple nights off after their loss to the Pelicans in the in-season tournament. They now head to Phoenix to take on the Suns after the Suns lost to the Lakers last night, 106-103 in the in-season tournament quarterfinals at crypto.staples.arena. And uh, I thought this is a good time to just check in and not talk about the the Pelicans game and not not talk about Harrison Barnes rebounding or whatever. I want to talk a little bigger picture. Okay. Um, let's just start with right now, as of today. And that's the scope I want to talk about. I want to, I'm going to expand this out bigger. But right now, today, on December 6th, the Kings are the number six seed. They're 11 and eight. Satisfactory so far? What's your What's your feel on, A, where, where, they've, where have they matched up with your expectations? Actually, you know what? I'm going to be a professional and not ask you a two-part question. I'm going to do one part first. Okay. That's right. Because I can sit here and I get to ask another one. I don't have to try and fit all my questions in at once. Um, your expectations for the start of this year, have they met them, fallen short? I think they're right on par with where I thought they would, you know, like 11 and 7, I mean, 11 and 8, 12 and 7, 13 and 6. Like, oh, so keep saying 18 games and it's 19. Keep going. Okay. So I would be right around that, mm-hmm. right? That number. Um, I think that I don't like how they've gotten to where they've gotten, but I understand that it's part of the process. Hmm. So I think that this team is, uh, they fought through injuries, which again, I I think the injuries so far this season have hit them much harder than they did last year. I think that I don't, the things I don't like is winning by 15 and losing by 20. Yeah, that's... Like the inconsistency of of how they win and mm-hmm. lose, to me is a little like jarring, mm-hmm. and that's something that I don't like because I'm someone who would rather see like some steady progress mm-hmm. as opposed to this scattered all over the place. But saying that, I understand that they've really worked to change their defensive mindset, and that has come with a whole lot of fouls. Um, and, and I think they're getting better defensively 
and they're learning how to play better without fouling, mm -hmm. but I still think it's a problem, right? And, and so that's going to improve steadily as we get deeper and deeper into the season. And then the other thing I, I really would focus on is that over the last like week and a half, two weeks, they've been trying to insert things into their into their offensive play sets mm -hmm. that are meaningful, like trying to get switched onto defensive liability opponents mm -hmm. and take advantage of matchups. Mm -hmm. So that's a big step because what we saw in the playoffs was the Warriors switched and switched and switched until they had Steph Curry on Keegan Murray and then he'd beat him to the hole. Right. He'd beat him to the bucket or or Kevin Herter. Mm -hmm. Right? That's something the Kings need to do. They need to figure that out, but they just had a free-flowing offense the whole time. It just, like, everything worked. And, mm -hmm. like, you you played too straight up. Right. So when and you got to the playoffs and the other team is is taking away things, you didn't have that mechanism where you could isolate somebody on some, on on a bad defender. Right. The The Warriors adjusted to the Kings' offense, and the Kings didn't have a counterpunch ready. Yes, yes. Right. And, and now I think that they will. I think that they will. Right, yeah. Like That's what the whole yeah. deal has been. Yeah, and, and we're slowly seeing them install things into the offense, and sometimes mm -hmm. it slows it down, but then eventually it's just going to catch right back up and speed up again. Mm -hmm. It's about understanding these things, adding layers to the onion, right? So it's usually a, a young an onion has layers, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes, Thanks, yeah, sometimes you got to like... Shrek. Shrek said yes, of course. onions have layers. Yeah. Because Donkey tried to say cakes. And then Shrek picks up the onion and says, ogres are like onions. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, I'm with you. But I, I think that the Kings haven't got to the point where they have the layers that, that, that are necessary to take the next step. Mm -hmm. And like we talk about the Indiana Pacers. I, I think the Kings are a year ahead of the Indiana Pacers, maybe a little bit more, maybe, maybe a year and a half, two years. That doesn't mean that they're going to win more games in Indiana. It doesn't mean that... They're going to go further in the playoffs. That that comes down to matchups and everything else. But at the same time, I like where the Kings are going, and I like that they they're adding things that are actually tangible and meaningful moving forward that could impact winning in the playoffs. It right. may not, it may impact your ability to win and lose on December something, mm -hmm. but in April and May and hopefully June. Mm -hmm that's when you, you need something to be impactful and actually carry over. And I yeah. think that that's what they're trying to install right now. That's that's part of what I think is so interesting about the whole like trade discussion. Because they're already trying to get everybody on the same page, defensively for sure, offensively obviously. Like We talked about it yesterday with, with Damian during the handoff, which uh, I believe KC is going to come in here uh, in, in five or ten minutes. But they've, they've gotten a tiny bit better defensively but way more significantly worse offensively and ideally those those two things wouldn't necessarily go hand in hand mm -hmm. like you get the i the ideal is you get way better defensively while offensively staying about the same and you bring up a good point they're trying to do two things at once where they're trying to install all these different offensive wrinkles and these new sets and getting people in new roles and and all that while also saying, "Hey, ratchet up the physicality and the defense and the intensity on the defensive end," mm -hmm. and then also you have to sprint to the corner. That was Mike Brown's thing after the Pelicans game. You got to sprint. You got to get up the floor. And you got to go. You got to flatten out the defense. And they're not doing that. 
And so there's all this thing. It's just kind of a culmination of, you know, quote unquote issues that are leading to the, the up and down. But like you said, call me in March. Yeah. If, if we're still sitting here in March and they're three games over and on a night to night basis, on a possession to possession basis, it's like, man, really good defense on that possession. And then, oh, they lost a cutter on four straight possession. And offensively, it's still up and down. Okay, so that's when it'll be a problem for me. I get what you're saying. I, I'm going to move that to call me in mid January because that's when you know whether or not you have to make a change or not. Mm. And that because the trade deadline is going to be the first week of February. And to be honest, I think this team is going to be aggressive. I, I think that they understand. They have to be. Yeah, they understand that they could still make the playoffs this year, but take a step backwards mm-hmm. to take a major step forward. Mm-hmm. Like there's another. I believe there's another Demonis Sabonis type trade out there for them that might not be as big, but close. As impactful. As impactful, but, you know, maybe not impactful in the same way. So some people are like, well, is you're going to get another guy who can put up 19 points, 12 rebounds, and seven assists? No. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Maybe Pascal Siakam becomes available. I don't know. Sure. But... I, my point would be that there's a player out there that could equal that on the defensive end that could change everything for the Kings on the defensive end and is worth the risk. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the Kings, they can, I got in this discussion the other day too. They can actually, so right now they have a 2024 first round pick uh, is scheduled to go to the Atlanta Hawks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if they make the playoffs, this lottery protector, well, let's see, it was top. Um, 14, then top 12. It's probably top 12 protected, right? So if they make the playoffs, it's going to the Atlanta Hawks. Um, but they can trade their 2026. Mm. It just has a little asterisk by it and says, if 2024 isn't relayed, it becomes 2027. If 2025 isn't right. relayed, it becomes 2028. Right. So they can trade that. They can also trade their 2028. They can trade their 2030 first round pick. They, you can't trade back-to-back years. You can't trade back-to-back because of the step-in rule. So they they have the assets. They have not expiring contracts. They they have some expiring contracts. They have some some contracts to work with, but but they also have players that are on on chunk contracts that you could probably move without mm-hmm. any problems. Even like for as much as Harrison Barnes gets under somebody's skin in Sacramento, like here and there, like and becomes like a target on social media. Uh, number one, that's a small majority of people. Mm-hmm. Number two, Harrison Barnes is still well-respected and very movable around the league. Mm-hmm. Like there are teams, playoff teams, good playoff teams that would love to have a player like Harrison Barnes. Definitely. Yeah. It's just like, again, sometimes it comes down to the mixture of players you're playing with. Mm-hmm. And if you send Harrison Barnes to a team that has really good, like long athletic three fours and and has a shot blocking big, he looks like a different player. And so... Yeah, I, I honestly think that there are a lot of ways that this team can help themselves, mm-hmm. and I expect them to be aggressive. I just kind of wonder if they're sitting there in, uh, you said mid-January, if they're sitting there in mid-January still trying to figure it out on both ends of the floor, is trading a starter like Harrison Barnes, and uh, not even to pick him out, if you're trading somebody like Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes, who's in your starting lineup, and I pick them because Domas and Keegan and Darren Fox are not getting traded, so... That's your other, those are your two starters. Those are going to be your, your assets that maybe another team wants. Yep. 
is it is it that easy to just say, okay, well, now we're going to trade one of them and we're going to integrate somebody new into the starting lineup and that's just going to make everything better? Or is it going to be, hey, now we've got to integrate this guy while also continuing to try and figure out what we're doing on both ends of the floor? I think that you have to take the short-term hit to take the long-term yeah. like success. Yeah. Like no you're basically gambling that you can put yourself over the top. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you do. You do make the move. Mm-hmm. If it comes up, you you make the move. No doubt. No doubt. That, I just meant more in the scope of this year. It's like if they make a trade this year, and it, 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 and again, this is in the context of we're sitting here on January 15th. Yeah. And it's like, man, the Kings look exactly the same on January 15th as they did on December 6th. They're trending. They're in the 6th, 7th seed, and they're trending towards 40, I think, 7 wins they're on pace for. It, it, it depends on how they're playing, Kyle. It really does. To me, it depends if they're still doing what they're doing right now. That's what, that's what I mean. It's a 15-point game and a 20-point game. That's what I mean is, is it all yeah. looks exactly the same. Then, then yeah, I'm not sure a trade you're going, oh, hey, they're going to win a title now. But you you definitely feel feel a lot better about them uh, next season and, again, continuing to project out over the next next five to ten years. Kenny Carraway in the building of D'Lo and KC fame. D'Lo and KC coming up here at noon. He's in here for the handoff. Uh, Kenny, how have you felt so far? We've been talking about the Kings here, just doing a little check-in with a couple of days off. I noticed you're wearing an Angels hat. Don't love that, but it's fine. Uh, well, um, no. <laughs> I literally today we were talking about Shohei, and I'm like, I hope it doesn't go back to the Angels. The Angels are my least favorite team. The <laughs> Angels, Angels are boring. <laughs> They're so boring. And you said as a Giants fan, another boring team. Oh, jeez. They ain't got nothing to make at least the Gi- right now. At least the Giants have had a competitive, really competitive playoff trip recently. But anyways, the Kings. A couple days off, we're just taking a zoom out. 19 games in, where are they at? Are you what? What would you describe your, I, I guess, emotions through the first 19 games? How do you feel about this team so far? Are you satisfied with them? Are you dissatisfied? Are you are they better than you expected? Are they worse? What What do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm fine with the Kings right now. I think they're relatively fine. Like, and I say that say relatively because yeah, they can improve. They can be a better team. There, mm-hmm. there's things that they can be better better with on both sides of the ball but i think they're fine they're 11 and 18 they've they've lost 10 games with fox and keegan murray between those two Mm -hmm. um another i don't know seven james with trey lyles or something like that 13 13 lyles missed 13 yeah man so they've been able to weather the storm through those things uh 11 and 8 around where everybody else is in the west who's had to go through stuff injuries here and there I think I think they're fine, man. Um, I saw you. I, I came in on you guys talking about uh, a potential trade, mm-hmm. and I want to know what both of you guys think about this because I said yesterday. I said during the summer, the the goal is to get back to the playoffs. That's the goal, sure. and a lot of people are like second round. Got to win around this year. That I was like, ah. we talked about this. Like I said, James, over the summer, like. It's, it's not necessarily how things always go if in the grand scheme of things with building a contending team. And I always go back to the greatest show on court. They were the AC twice. They lost in the first round twice. And usually what happens is you have the first season, which is magical, and everything's all good, and you feel good about it, and you bring people back, which is kind of what the Kings did this year. They brought people back, feeling good. Let's recapture that magic. You probably get back in the playoffs again. And I'm not saying this is what they're going to do, but then you lose in the first round again. And that's when you look at 
Jason Williams and be like, you know what, we got to make some tough decisions. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where they're at with some of their players and in this roster, potentially. Now they could keep everybody and win in the second round next year, this year, and everything be great. But I think they're right on par for what it is for a growing young well, team in this league. What you just brought up is my biggest, my biggest overall question is we were just talking about how, you know, defensively they're trying to change their philosophy on that end. And offensively, they're also trying to add wrinkles to their offense, and it's not exactly what they were doing last year. So there's guys in new roles and and doing some different things, and I think that's part of the reason that you're seeing them. You're seeing some up and down performances, where some nights it like really clicks, and then other nights it doesn't. Mm-hmm. I want to know because they're six seed, pacing for 47 wins. Is this can this group of players get over that hump where they are? 50 plus 55 wins and you feel really good about them. Not only hey, picking them in the first round, they're going to smoke whoever they play in the first round. And then you like them as favorites in the second round. I think they can. I think they can mm. a lot of it, but a lot of it depends to me on what happens with Keegan Murray, the Keegan Murray that we've seen so far this year. Now he's had injuries and mm-hmm. you know, he's been, you know, it seems like experiment with some things here and there. He's been kind of hit or miss on that next level like he hasn't been bad but sometimes he'll have 24 sometimes he'll have 11 you know sometimes he can't hit the bright side of the bar if if that continues then no i don't think so but if he elevates the way we all hope he is where he's this team's third best score potentially second best score or something like that then that makes up for you know someone i ain't even gonna say the name today but that makes up for for others that you know are up and down as well he you was talking I mean? about Harris. I didn't, I didn't say no names. I didn't say no <laughs> names around what do you here. Think, <laughs> Look, I, I think at a certain point, I think you're right. It like The inconsistency of, of Keegan Murray early in the season has been a huge problem mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, Mike always talks about this. Mike Brown always talks about like, it's n- very rarely is it just a straight climb to the top. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be step backs. There's always going to be these moments where things get rocky and everything else. Well, like this kid's dealt with like a lot of inconsistency and setbacks early in the season. Mm. And I mean, we can say that about a couple of players on this team. Like again, like Demonis Sabonis has had some inconsistencies, not in the, how hard he plays or like the effort or, and energy that he brings to the court, but in production, mm. like he's had some inconsistencies. And I think we all are waiting for this moment where there's this like straight climb to the top and I still think that this this team, as it's currently constructed, can win 50, maybe even 55 games. I'm not sure about 55, but I yeah. certainly think that they can win 50-plus, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that they can win in the first round and get to the second round. Sure. But I don't think that they're a contender. And you, if you have a, a player out there that's sitting there that you can go get that doesn't gut what you're already building— and you can, and you think it makes you a contender either this year or even next year. Mm-hmm. You make that move. Like again, if there's That's, another Demonis Sabonis type trade out there, unequivocally, you make that move as quickly as you can, and you move forward, and you you take the momentary step back with the hopes that next season or even later this season, by the end of the season, you've worked it out, and it's a game changer. Here's the thing, though, I. I you said it earlier, the, the the idea of, hey, they're just going to bring in another all-NBA guy is probably not on the table. Mm-hmm. But if they do, I don't think that they're going to get that player with 
Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes and filler and picks. I just don't like you. You say Demonis Sabonis trade that to me means okay. Well, then you need to get rid of a Tyrese Halliburton type of player. Which you're means, giving up. You're giving up picks. Like you're giving up your 2026, your 2028. Yeah, your but 2030, if they're going to be good, those gonna, don't. I, I don't know how much those matter. No, I'm with you, and I, I don't know how much a team is going to value those. So that's why I, I I wonder when you say Demonis Sabonis specifically. It's like man, if, if that's the if that's the level of impact they're looking to make i don't know i don't know if their current assets that they'd be willing to give up get get them there i well i was gonna say i don't know they i mean it would be great if you got a demontis sabonis type but i don't know if you necessarily need that uh a guy like trey murphy get a get a guy like him in in your starting rotation or something like that and not trey murphy specifically because he's not on the block but a guy like that i think that'll help out a lot Hmm. yeah i mean they've played on the peripheral for a while, for the last couple of years, like after they made the the signing of Malik Monk, after they they traded for Kevin Herter, they made the Demonis Sabonis signing. Like I would just say that like Chris Duarte is playing on on the peripheral. Mm-hmm. I don't think playing on the peripheral is what they need at this point. They need something that gets them over the top. We're running I, out of time, we, Kyle. Yeah, we are. We have like 20 seconds. So we're going to pick this conversation up tomorrow because I'm fascinated by this. Yeah. Uh, Kenny, if you want to pop back in tomorrow, this is what we're going to be doing. All so right. uh, D-Lo and Casey, of course. Uh, D-Lo and Casey coming up next. Uh, we're giving away a PS5 and NBA 2K24 next week. They're going to be doing that on Thursday out there at Sky River Casino. Don't go anywhere. Plenty more Kings talk coming up next on ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Center. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.